Computer, initialize Holosuite. Welcome to Random Trek Book Review, the podcast where we read, analyze, and review a not-so-randomly selected Star Trek book or novel. My name is Andrew, and I will be flying solo for this edition of RTBR, as my good buddy Matt is in Neelix's resort holodeck program, Paxau Resort. So he's going to get some rest and relaxation, and I'm going to look at the Star Trek Discovery Book 3, Fear Itself. It was released back on June the 5th, 2018. The cover features, of course, Doug Jones as Mr. Saru. It was written by James Swallow, and the audiobook was narrated by Robert Petkoff. Uh, if you haven't read this book yet, then I recommend you go down to the library or bookstore and pick up a copy first, because this will be spoiler-filled. If you don't care or you've already read it, then let's soldier on and look at the back cover synopsis. Lieutenant Sru is a Kelpian, a member of a prey species born a, on a world overrun by monstrous predators and a being who very intimately understands the nature of fear. Challenged on all sides, he is determined to surpass his origins and succeed as a Starfleet officer aboard the USS Shenzhou. But when Sru breaks protocol in order to prove himself to his crewmates, what begins as a vital rescue mission to save a vessel in distress soon escalates out of control. Forced into command role that he may not be ready for, Sru is caught between his duty and his conflicting agendas of two antagonistic alien races. To survive, he will need to seek a path of peace against all odds and risk compromising the very ideals he has sworn to uphold. Alright, my quick overall impression of this book is not that great. Uh, unfortunately, I think I mentioned over on the regular podcast, and I'll reiterate, the Saru character just isn't what I want him to be. I was really big on this idea that Kelpians were a prey species and they lived oppressed under these kind of violent, not so sentient monsters. And as soon as we got that episode in season two where it kind of gave away that it was all, you know, this kind of evolutionary track and they had kind of flipped the predator-prey thing, I've not been huge on Mr. Saru. Uh, in this book, uh, I, I have to admit it's nice and short. I read it relatively quickly. Um, it's engaging enough just as a Star Trek story, but it just didn't really catch me. And I would say that in terms of how excited I was versus how much enjoyment I got out of it, there was a little bit of a disconnection. I think that I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more of his home world, seeing a little bit more uh, character beats, and I, you don't really get that, and that was a little bit of a disappointment, but there is lots of good stuff to talk about. So let's talk about it. The teaser is a little frustrating for me. Uh, it involves Saru practicing his fear responses in his quarters. So he has these hollow projectors in his quarters that set up monsters or aliens or just kind of threats in general and they start periodically and he has to do something in order to get out of it. I love it as an idea but of course the holodeck doesn't exist at this point and nor does holo projections. 
they made a really big point on Star Trek Voyager that the Doctor is confined to the sick bay, or at least until Future's End, where they have future tech that allows him to move around. So the idea that Saru has hollow projectors in his quarters and that can kind of make monsters and things appear is a little bit frustrating and doesn't really fit with the time period. Again, why did they choose to put it in this time period if they didn't want to work with the tech that they had of the time? Anyway, uh, they detect a ship that is damaged in between the Peliar system and Tholian space, and so Mr. Saru is called to the bridge. This is kind of an exciting teaser just because I do like the Tholians. I think a lot of people do, and it gives a little bit of excitement because you don't see them a ton in Star Trek. So into the main story, uh, Saru is still at odds with uh, Michael Burnham, which I kind of praised in the last book review, but this time doesn't seem to kind of ring out the same way. He kind of leads himself into accidentally volunteering for a dangerous away mission because he's trying to upstage or upshow Burnham, only to find out that she kind of set him up for it, or she kind of like let him into it. It kind of makes me think, like, how did Saru graduate from Starfleet Academy? There's that episode where uh, Wesley Crusher goes and the initiation, he has to interact with that guy and then there's a huge explosion and he had to run in and, and kind of help him, run in and save him. And I'm just kind of thinking that with Saru and this whole fear response, it might not have let him graduate Starfleet in the first place, or at least that's what I was thinking. So he kind of gets himself signed up for this away mission and it is a ship that is damaged, uh, a Peliar ship, um, but it's also holding a species called the Gorlands. Uh, they're kind of being held in primitive conditions, and they are apparently being relocated. Now, this whole action scene where you have the ship and it's going to explode, and they send over the way team, and the engineer is fighting with the captain, and Saru is doing some investigation. It's okay, but it's nothing too, too crazy exciting. And it's really obvious that the main story is going to be based around the idea that these lesser beings, or these Gorlins, are being held against their will, perhaps. Saru's very suspicious of this because of his fear response, which I didn't really understand that, but I guess he can sense fear in them or something, or his fear makes him know that this is a situation that's maybe less than satisfactory, and so he notifies Giorgio back on the Senzu. Now, Giorgio looks into this, and it turns out that the Gorlins agree that they are being relocated. Seems like everybody's on the same page, but for some reason, Saru thinks that there is something nefarious going on. And so he actually breaks his orders. He steals a shuttle, or he, get, he, he beams over there against orders, um, and causes a whole giant ruckus. Basically, uh, they don't trust him, and so kind of a fight breaks out when Saru is found in an unrestricted area, and even his commanding officer, somebody named Johar, gets severely injured. Now, this might be a bit of a, a tired premise, but I guess it is kind of an interesting way to show Saru having to you know, overcome his fear to do something that he shouldn't be doing. He's not just somebody that follows orders blindly. He really strongly believes in this particular situation. And so he tries to do the right thing. It just ends up with them all getting captured and somebody getting injured badly. And worst off, they kind of uh, hit the Shenzhou, disabling it, and they are set off on this preset course. 
Now, uh, once they're on this kind of rail to wherever they're going, um, they start to find out a little bit more about this relocation. The planet that they're going to is actually quite barren and is barely habitable. And not only that, it happens to be right near where Tholian space is, and it, if the people get dropped off here, there is a good chance that they might be just exterminated, um, you know, a few months down the line. So, I mean, in that way, I guess Saru is correct, and so he kind of gets his first taste of command, and he decides that he's going to help these people out. Um, the rest of the team I found really difficult to kind of keep track of because they've chosen to use very Star Trek kind of names. There's Isha, Tao, Nathal, there's Nathal's father, um, and it's really difficult to kind of get a sense of who these people are, but I mean, I guess in general, they're just kind of underlings. They're ensigns and, and crew people that Saru is helping or, and commanding because the commanding officer, Jahar, is injured to the point where he's actually knocked out. The big climax where the Shenzhou comes in for the save and they have to work together to fight off the Tholians um, is a little bit lukewarm. I think that they set up that the Tholians were going to uh, you know, be the big threat throughout the beginning of the book and then when they actually end up going in for the big battle it is a bit of a womp womp situation. I don't really think that it works and they just end up kind of driving them away and agreeing that you know they're not gonna fight anymore the Peliars have learned the errors of their way and they're actually gonna help the Gorlands find a good home so we really don't get much of a story in that sense and I think that it's a little bit wasted because it was more about Saru getting over his fear of commanding other people then it was kind of a deep dive look into what it's like being in Starfleet with this constant fear that's always, uh, you know, in the back of your mind. So again, I think that it was a little bit of a waste and a bit of a disappointment. In terms of casting characters, there's not really a ton to talk about. I mean, the main character is Saru. He's on the front cover and he is the, the main thread line throughout but you don't really get to know much more about him. It's not like the short trek where we get to see his family or where he's from or anything like that. We just see that he is afraid and he got over that fear at least a little bit because of this wacky adventure. Uh, I would have liked to see a bit more. Like I said, I think that it's an interesting idea having a character who is governed by fear, but it would have been nicer to see where he got into Starfleet, how did he get into it, how did he pass the classes, how does he deal day to day with all of these fear responses. As for the rest, I mean Michael Burnham and Georgiou and Dedimer and a couple of old favorites show up throughout but they don't really do a whole ton. Uh, most of the characters that we see are people that have kind of zany names and it's really hard to keep track of. Um, there's Johar, there's Oliviera, there's Subin, there's Chithilau, there's Geimer, there's Gant, there's Januzui, there's Harewood, there's Birch, uh, there's Troke. There's a lot of names that are really hard to follow and I have to admit that by the time the middle of the book came, I pretty much just figured them as the rest. I didn't think that they were overly interesting and I didn't think that they added a whole ton to the story in general and they weren't really worth mentioning. In terms of my favorite scene, or at least the most memorable scene uh, or quote, I would have to say that that projection thing, even though I don't like it because it doesn't fit with the continuity, it probably was the most interesting scene. It was the most interesting thing that we saw 
from Saru, and it's literally in the first 10 pages. For my final thoughts, this one is not my favorite. It is about on par with the, the last one, um, although I think that I was probably more excited for this one when it came out, or when at least they renounced it. I thought that the idea of doing one with Saru is a great idea, and we just really don't get much here. I think if I was giving it a rating out of five Kelpians in Starfleet, I would probably give this one a 2 out of 5, and it's dangerously close to a 1. So, so I'm really hoping that next time when we see Ensign Tilly in The Way to the Stars, we get a better character analysis, or we at least get some sort of information about the character's past for all these people that we watch you know, weekly on the TV show. Uh, and I hope that you'll join me as well when uh, we get back to RTBR and book number four, The Way to the Stars. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Well, I mean, there's no COVID-19 in 2370-something. No, but you don't know what Tuvakian germs he has. Oh, he, he might might be a carrier. I don't know. I just thought <laughs> it was gross. I'd have just used the spoon. I'd he carries like... the pond far. <laughs> oh, Neelix with Ponfar. Neelix with Ponfar, Suzanne. Why have you just made this something that's in my brain? Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek Review Podcast. We get kind of that funny little bit where he's got the relationship book, and I guess maybe they're foreshadowing a little bit of, you know, future, you know, hunk Odo. <laughs> The, the, like, romance book was hilarious. He had a funny line. I forget what it was exactly now. I didn't write it down. I only read three chapters. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was pretty good. And they definitely do this. When they have kind of a heavy, deep episode, they'll sometimes put a little bit of a joke or, or something light off the top. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.